All right, well, this morning, I want to talk about uh, kind of Thanksgiving and generosity and kind of how they go hand in hand and, and actually that Thanksgiving and generosity is, is the antidote to envy. Um, a few weeks ago, the Lord just started speaking to me about, you know, Travis, anytime you have an area of discontentment, he says it's usually going to be because of envy. And I was like, really? Okay. And um, it, envy can be very, you know, subtle. And it can be ambiguous. It can be specific. But it's usually just because you're, you're longing for something that you don't have. And, and so envy is a, it's, you know, many it's been described as many different things over the over the years. It's keeping up with the Joneses. You know, you're, you're green with envy. It can be jealousy. You know, to me, um, jealousy is more of a festered envy. You know, where it's you've just let it jealousy in the bad sense of um, you want what that person has, and then you're you're willing to take some measures to get that. You know, most of us deal with envy on the level of just kind of wishing you had something that you don't have. And, and so I, I really feel like that's kind of what the Lord wants to deal with because, you know, f- physical adultery is just the manifestation of spiritual adultery. Like, so no, nobody ever just ends up in adultery and they're just like, wow, how did, how did I get here? I'm with another person. Like, it started in the heart long before that. <laughs> Jesus defined adultery as anyone who lusts after a woman in his heart. He defined murder as you hate your brother. So that's where the, that's the root of you murdering your brother is that you hated him in the first place. And so... You know, jealous, stealing, killing, and destroying. The foundation of that is usually envy. That's usually where it starts. And stealing, killing, and destroying is just the manifestation of that envy. And and hatred, and you know, it can be a combination of things, but envy is one of them. So in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17... Says you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So I kind of like the way the Lord opens this up. He's like, Don't covet this about your neighbor, don't covet this. I mean, wow, I mean, just the whole kit and caboodle, don't covet anything that they have. And this is one of God's commands. This is like one of the the guidelines, the core values of God right here. Don't covet anything of your neighbors. Okay? Translation for us, don't, don't covet anything that anybody else has. You go to Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 25. He's talking about the other nations. He says, the images of their gods you are to burn in the fire. Do not covet the silver and gold on them 
and do not take it for yourselves, or you will be ensnared by it. For it is detestable to the Lord your God. So you can translate silver and gold for for us as any just material possessions, material things, temporary things in this world. It could be car, house. It could be a uh, you know your front door. You want a different front door that looks a little more ornate. I mean, who knows what it is? But we're not to cover, covet these things. And so when we we start longing for it, you know, I don't I don't have that. I don't have that. I wish I had that. Look at it. They that those people seem really happy and they have that thing. And this it's really just the lie. Like everybody, like we live in a fallen world, everybody's dealing with sin. <laughs> so like there's not anybody that really has a leg up on anybody other than those who are abiding in Christ. Like that's the only way that anybody is dwelling in some kind of level, higher level of peace and joy. All right, we, I've talked about this a million times. Like if, if beauty were just all it took to be happy, then nobody in Hollywood would be, would be getting divorced, right? If money were all it took to be to be happy, then you wouldn't have people with money getting divorced, or you wouldn't have them uh, getting angry and just having a broken lives all around them. You know, so it's all of that is it's it's, deceit, it's deceitful, and it's not true that that's what leads to happiness. And the, like the comforts of this world just do not medicate or, or solve the issues of our heart. And so envy is the opposite of generosity and generosity is the opposite of envy. Envy is birthed from ingratitude and insecurity. Envy is birthed from ingratitude and insecurity. You're not, you're either, you're insecure about God's ability to provide for you, take care of you, give you everything that you need. And it's also birthed from an inability to see what you have and to be thankful for. And the, and the only way to start opening our, the, we start opening our eyes to what we do have is we start giving thanks for the things that we can see. And so, uh, even with my my basketball guys that I coach, every practice we open up with Thanksgiving. Hey, so and so, what what are you thankful for? Thankful for my family, and I'm like. And I've, you know, they're ninth graders, so I try to pry a little deeper. It's like, all right, let's go a little deeper here. Um, what are you thankful for about your family? Uh, they love me. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good thing. That's good. All right. And who's, what about you? Thankful I'm at A on my Spanish quiz. Yeah, that's good. You know, it's just like, thankful to be here. I was like, well, what's great, you know, what's good about being here? So just trying to, you know, get them to, they're ninth graders and uh, it's, it's fun. They're, they're, they're opening up, but just being, you know, what, helping them see, helping us see what we have, you know, I've got a raincoat. So I, I, I didn't get wet getting out in the yard today because I have a raincoat. Thank you, Lord, for a raincoat. Thank, I thank the Lord for my bed every night. I thank the Lord that I have 
uh, you know, all these material things. But I'm thankful for my family. I, the, I do have family that supports me, that has always supported me. I'm thankful that the very first parish, when I told the Lord that I needed Christian friends, when I was going to surrender my life to him, I said, I have zero Christian friends. I need Christian friends if I'm going to like do this. And I'm thankful that the Lord's, the first Christian friend I made was my wife. And, and, that, and thankful that Jessica actually showed me what it was like to hear from the Lord. Because we would be talking on the phone back then, you know, not texting. Like sometimes we ask our girls are like, who are you talking to for eight hours on a text thread? Anyway, so it's like, but we're, we talk on the phone and it's like, yeah, Jessica would talk and she'd say, yeah, the Lord told me this morning to do such and such. I was like, wait, he just, he talked to you. She's like, yeah. It's like, like, we're talking right now? Yeah. And I just, you know, I'm on the other line, just kind of blown away. And I was like, well, if we get to do that, then I want that. And so I, you know, started getting all these resources on hearing the voice of God and learning how to hear the voice of the Lord. He was, and he had actually spoken to me before that, but, you know, you just have these paradigms the Lord has to break through. And so uh, I mentioned that, you know, envy is, it, it is what's birthed in the heart before any form of stealing, killing, and destroying manifest. So Proverbs chapter 24, verses 1 through 2 says, Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. Don't even, you don't even be in their company. For their minds devise violence, and their lips talk of trouble, stealing, killing, and destroying. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways for the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. Proverbs twenty three seventeen. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. So one of the ways that we can stave off any envy in our lives is to also recognize that there's a day of reward coming. And the Lord rewards us in this, li in this lifetime, but, but there's a day of reward that is not going to fade. It's never going, the rewards are never going to go away. And so living actually in that, in that, with that perspective, with that eternal perspective, helps us endure, helps us realize like this thing that longs for for peace and comfort, like that day's coming. That day of restoration to Eden, basically, is what I'm talking about. Because you we're, you're walking in Eden, you're working without sweat and toil, women are giving birth without pain. You're there's zero barrier between you and God. That's what we long for in our heart. And it's that place of intimacy. It's the place of love just being poured over you constantly. <laughs> and there's the place of no death, no suffering, no more tears. That's the, and that's what, the, when, when we're looking at things in the world, when we get envious, we're longing for something to try to comfort that place 
that longs for Eden. Maybe that will do it. Maybe that thing will comfort me. Maybe that thing will scratch that itch that's in my heart for some kind of peace and comfort that, that really only walking with God can provide. And so Paul warns that those who are filled with envy and operate out of envy will not inherit the kingdom of God. They are, they are of a depraved mind, they lack understanding, and the envy is actually the old way of life according to the flesh. So Paul tells them, Look, you don't live this way anymore. This is the old Travis. All right? So we're going to be reading some scripture together. So I'm, I'm going to get your Bible ready. And I want, I'm going to call on some of you. And Jessica, I'm going to ask you to get Galatians 5.21. Uh, Megan, will you get Ephesians 5 5? Elliot, Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 32. Daniel, 1 Timothy 6 4. Lauren, Titus 3 3. And Lane Marie, Luke, 1 Peter 2 1. All right, Jessica, you read Galatians 5.21. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who participate, that who practice such things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. All right, Megan. For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater. Has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God? So it says that envious person is an idolater. They worship idols. So they're, if you've ever read Psalm 115, it says, who, you know, the man that worships the idol, it says he cuts down a tree, he chops half of it up for wood and makes a fire warms himself by it, cooks food, food over it. The other half of the tree, he forms into an idol and says, behold, the one who created me. And so what we do, the car, the house, you know, wherever, you know, if this chair is like, man, I really like this chair. I'm going to do everything I can to get this chair. I'm going to sacrifice time, family, money, whatever it takes. And it's, this thing has been created, formed by man's hands. And so giving of ourselves to that thing is envy, lust, lusting after things, which envy is a form of lust, is, causes us to be in idolatry. All right, Romans 1. Go ahead. For the Lord does they did not think it worthwhile to attain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to the depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. They become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve those who practice So that depraved mind, is, it, it can be understood as being like an animal. Like you're not, 
you're just you're just operating out of lust like I want that and then you just you com- you're compulsive and you just gotta go get that thing and envy's in that list of like <laughs> it's like a terrible list like disobedient to parents arrogant you know boastful haters of God all this types of types of things envy's in that list First Timothy 6 4 he is exceeded in understanding to not believe He has a soul craving for controversial questions and disputes about words and he strive for the use of language Jesus So Paul's saying in that says when we, when we're envious, we don't we lack understanding. He's like, you don't really understand what's important. You don't really understand what's of, of eternal value. You don't really understand like the ways of God when you envy. So it means like when we when we're envying, we're lacking understanding. Like we don't we're not seeing the whole picture some for some reason. Titus three three. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasure. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. So, so envy, and that and that's scripture is basically saying you you are a slave again when you're envying things, when you're coveting, you are a slave to that thing that you are coveting. And it's just like I've, the Bible says this. It says whatever uh, compels you, you're a slave to that thing. So if, and I've told you, I can't remember exactly how I worded it, Josiah said, whatever is like controlling you, so it could be, I mean, anything, like sports, entertainment, money, whatever, like, or Jesus, but whatever is controlled, like you've given control to, that, that's, that's your master. And so Jesus is the only master who sets you free and then and like gives you a choice. It's that bondservant image of when at the end of seven years in the Old Testament, when you had a bondservant, you, you gave them the choice to go free. And if they loved their master, they would pierce their ear with an owl and pledge their life to their master for the rest of, for the entirety of their life. That's what a bond servant was. It wasn't a slave. A bond servant was willingly choosing to serve your master because your master has been so good to you, you and you love your master. And so that's what that's the image of serving Jesus is that he sets us free and then we're like, no, no, I want to, I want to choose you. I want to be with you. I want to live under your house. First Peter two one. So put aside every trace of malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander and hateful speech. Yeah, so it's in that it's in the same list as hypocrisy and, and slander of speech. It's just the old way. So now I want to talk about generosity. Generosity is born out of gratitude and thankfulness. David Watson. He's a church planner. He's he uh, Southern Baptist missionary that filled with the Holy Ghost went to the graveyard of India, which is northern India, where they call it the graveyard of church planning because 
I guess in the 120 years, 150 years of missionary work, every missionary that had gone to Northern India had not planted more than like two or three churches, you know, in, in 150 years. He went there, first two years, same thing was happening to him. Nothing was happening. And then he said he locked himself away in his room with his Bible for like six months. His wife was like really worried about him. <laughs> and he came out, but like the Lord spoke to him about what the strategy. And long story short, ended up planting, planting 40,000 churches in Northern India, house churches. So anyways, he's done that around the world. But David Watson, he says he's found that the two biggest marks of maturity in a disciple's life is number one, they're thankful, and number two, they're generous. He says that's the, that, those are the two marks of maturity. And they're generous with their time, they're generous with their, their money, they're generous with their, their words in the, in the sense of edif edification and, and building up the body. And they're generous with uh, their, their uh, time and energy, if I didn't say that already. So generosity helps us see the abundance of what we have, no matter how small. You know, I, I think about like my, my grandma Gay, who lived very, very simply, didn't have a bunch, much of money, but just was always expressing gratitude for what she had, you know. Um, many people had a lot, a lot more material things, but she was just content and happy because she saw what she did have. She didn't see what she lacked. She saw what she did have. Proverbs 20, 13 says, Do not love sleep or you will become poor. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with food. So when I read that proverb, I'm not thinking... I think you can take this as, as literally like, hey, open your eyes, get out of bed, go to work. I also believe that it, it can mean open your eyes and look and see everything that you have right here in front of you. Sometimes we're like, I'm starving. And we have like a five course meal right on the table in front of us. And so when I read that proverb, my eyes, I'm like, Lord, open my eyes to see the, like the abundance I have right now. Open my eyes to see the to help me see the abundance I have right now. And really, every one of us live in abundance. Every single one of us are living in abundance compared to the majority of the world. We are, we are like the rich. I'm gonna read, I'll read this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly Speaking of anything, you find it, this, the context is financial in this chapter because Paul's been talking about churches giving to one another. But he, he says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so, Jessica and I, when we were dating, friends, whatever that season was, we always laugh about that, but we went to a New Covenant church over there off Chase Street, and they had a guy from 
uh, Uganda there, a minister. And he was, he had a bunch of orphanages in Uganda. And I was brand new to walking with Jesus. And I had like $120 cash in my wallet, which I never carried that much at that time in my life. I carried like $20 at the most because I was still breaking out of stinge habits. And so, um, so we go, we go to the church and, uh, they're taking up an offering and the Lord says, empty out your wallet into the offering plate. And I was, I was like, um, we'll start with $20. And so I put $20 in the offering plate. It goes, we go, we get back to Jessica's car. I'm driving. I've got my head against the steering wheel like this. Jessica's like, are you okay? I was like, no. She's like, well, what's going on? I was like, I'm supposed to give all the money in my wallet. I don't know what to do. I didn't. And she said, just go in there and see if there, the, there's still somebody there and like give it to them. So I ran, went in there and sure enough, I find the ushers emptying the offering plates and like putting them in money bags. I was like, hey, I, I literally, this was like how I went in there. It was like, hey, y'all still taking money? And they're like, yeah. I was like, I've, I've got more to give here. And I went back and I'm like, I don't have any money in my wallet now. And so, but the Lord, even, even though, so I would say I gave grudgingly. That was not a joyful giver. But the God was so gracious because what he did was he, he just broke off this like attachment <laughs> that I needed to be broken off about being like stingy. And that it's wise to like hold money all the time. And it's wise to, you know, make, do the cheapest thing possible. All these types of things that aren't, some cases it's true. Some cases it's not like you, it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's a good thing to, to get the discount crackers or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But, but the Lord, he broke that off of me and to the point where, We now, when we when we give, and this is my encouragement to you, is like whatever the lay the Lord lays on your heart. I really do think the Lord wants it to be something that He wants the end result of it to be joy. He wants you to be a joyful giver. So the Lord knew I needed to empty my wallet to get to the place of joyful giving. If that makes sense. And so if the Lord tells you. Hey, this Christmas, I want you to give $25 to Samaritan's person. And, and, and that's, that may be a stretch for you or that may be easy for you. But just know the Lord wants you to get you to get us to a place of where we can say, yes, yes, Lord. I know this is going to bless people. And I'm not worried about, about me, Lord. You said you've never seen the righteous begging bread. Like you're going to you're going to take care of me. But. There's also times where the Lord, you know, he'll tell you to, I mean, it's, it's all about, I was saying, there's, there's times where the Lord tells you to take that seed for yourself also. But in this scripture, I want to finish up right here where we were, 
verse 7 says, Each one must do as he is purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you will have sufficiency in everything, in everything. So I believe that God releases spiritual blessings as well as financial blessings when you sow, even just financial. You may have an abundance for every good deed, for he's written, it is written, he scattered abroad and gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So when you get when you give, it's not just, oh, so I can, the Lord can give me back up to five times, ten times more. It's, you're, you're creating, you're sowing into your righteousness, into your heart. Just like when I gave that $120, it broke something off in my heart that was unrighteous. Right? And because thankfulness and generosity is at the core of who God is, as we're being conformed into his image. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality. So that's the goal, all liberality. You can be, you can be just super generous. You're just like, nobody's safe from a blessing when they come in. Who can I, who can I give to? Who's, who's my target today, God? That's where we want to get to. All right, so... Chris, will you get, uh, open up the Psalm 37? Me, Mama, Psalm 112, verse 5. Joseph, or Christy, Proverbs 11, 25. Lori, you want to do 1 Timothy 6, 18? Can you find that in your Bible? 6, 18. Then, Judge, you got your phone on you? Proverbs eleven twenty five. All right, Chris, you want to read Psalm thirty seven? Okay. Uh, I was young, but now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, or their children begging for bread. Uh, they are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. Amen. They are always generous and lend freely. Second Corinthians 9, with all liberality. Psalm 112. It is well with the man who is generous and lends. Proverbs 11.25. That's one of my favorites. He who waters will himself be watered. He who waters will himself be watered. First Timothy six eighteen. Son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee. That thou by them might have worn a good warfare. Awesome. Thank you. Proverbs eleven twenty five. A dentist person will prosper. Whoever refreshes Who who wants to be refreshed? Go to yeah. Ask the Lord who who needs refreshing. 
So I just want to take some time, maybe for like the next 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes or so. And I just want us to share testimonies of generosity, right? Um, either like that you, you saw something like the one when the Lord asked you to do something or you gave and you just kind of saw the, how the, the hand of the Lord in that or you received and it was a blessing to you or I mean any, any testimony of generosity and uh, I mean I'll just share a real quick one that's one of my favorites is just Jessica and I are newlyweds we're in seminary I was getting a scholarship from Walker Baptist Church in Monroe which was like $500 a semester but we were trying to save up money for seminary and uh, in class one of my fellow students was expressing it was his first semester as well but they were already in kind of financial straits didn't know if they were going to be able to go to school second semester just because they had some unforeseen expenses so we gave that $500 anonymously through the seminary to that guy and a couple days later my dad calls me and he says uh you know, Travis, you know, you had the Hope Scholarship at UGA, and I paid for your two brothers to, do, to go to Georgia. And so I figured this would be right if I paid for your seminary since I didn't pay for undergrad. So that $500 turned into like $20,000. Just because of the Lord, you know, just obeying the Lord. And um, so I just, I thank the Lord for that. It really was, a, you know, in the view of things, it was just, anyways, it was, it was a blessing. Anybody else have a testimony of generosity? Um, <clears throat> when I was my last year of ministry school in, in Reading at Bethel, um, at, towards the end of the year, we always do a mission trip or ministry trip. And uh, I was supposed to go to England on a ministry trip, but I didn't have any funds. Um, I told the leader this, that I didn't have any funds, I wanted to go, but I, don't, I didn't think it was gonna happen. I remember having a dream where someone gave me a check for, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I'm just gonna say like, it was like two checks, and one was like for 300, and one was like for 400. Um, and then like literally the next day, I was with the person that was leading the trip and she says someone, like two people, anonymously gave. And it was like those amounts that I had my dream. It was like enough for me to go on the trip. And the trip was pretty significant because that's where me and Lacey kind of started chatting and started dating after that. So it was, uh, yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else got testimony? So, uh, Similar, I needed money for uh, for a mission trip, and uh, I think I raised about seven hundred dollars. Needed twelve hundred, and uh, I thought, yeah, I'm not going to make the rest. It's only a week, and uh, somebody in my class invited me out for coffee. I'm like, oh, this is odd. I'm like, hmm. The Lord kind of told me ahead of time, He's going to help you out with your mission trip, so He gave me four hundred dollars. To add to that, and then a uh, hundred more mysteriously came in from I don't know where. I can guess where, but I don't know where. And then it was enough for me to go. Thank you, Lord, Chris. 
this is a mission trip too. I was uh, I was in between jobs and trying to find something, you know, digging ditches, doing websites, whatever I had to do. And the, there was a I was going to St. James Church, and they were going on a mission trip to Scotland. And I had somebody come up and say, "You ought to go on a mission trip. You ought to go with us." And I was like, I'm "Trying to find a job." <laughs> and somebody else. And then the third person came up. I'm like, "Okay." I think I'm supposed to go. So I sent out letters, whatever, but I was still like 500 short the last week. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do. And somebody, like two days beforehand, sent in $500. I mean, I don't know. Somehow they knew, but $500, but you know, they, they didn't disclose your name. But so the trip's paid for, and I went on. And he ended up forming a lot of relationships over there and went back again several years later. So it was really a good thing. Um, at a time I didn't feel like I was supposed to go and the Lord provided I may have shared this before I was I was at Publix walking around shopping some lady comes to me and gives me a card and it says my name is I can't remember her name I don't speak good English and she's I'm going through this and I just stopped reading the card and just started talking to her it turns out her English was actually better than she thought it was I started talking to her she says her her, her husband and her two sons are in their car. They have to get to Washington. I don't know whether that was DC or Georgia because they have a, a daughter in a hospital that's got something wrong with her and they have to get there. And they're very hungry. They, I guess they didn't have any money. And she says, could you help me? I'm like, yeah, okay, just go shopping. So she takes a cart and goes shopping and I'm thinking, oh man. Go shopping. What am I crazy? Who knows what she can come back with? She she comes back. wasn't you know wasn't. It was like seventy dollars worth of groceries. I paid for that. And she says, I wonder, could, could could you? We really need some money for gas. And then I thought, no, they're taking me for a ride. I said, well, can I can I meet your husband and kids? So I went out to their car, and sure enough, they're in a the suburban. There's a mattress in the back. There's two ten-year-old, I guess ten-year-old children in it. And he, and he waves to me, so I gave him, went to the ATM and gave him money for gas and gave him the groceries. And as soon as I gave him the groceries, her husband popped open the fruit and just started eating it like he was hungry. So it was, uh, it was pretty amazing. And there's even more to go to that, but I'll just stick with the generosity part. Thank you, Frank. And I'll, I'll end it with this one. I was making Phil Goodwin for lunch one day. And I had $20 in my wallet, and there was a lady begging at the entrance of the Omni Club where I worked at the time. And the Lord said to empty your wallet thing. This time I only had $20, so uh, I was ready for the Lord. <laughs> um, so anyways, I just rolled down the window, and I said, Jesus loves you, $20 in quick exchange. I go, I meet Phil at uh, Larry's Subs and I I'm get ready to pay and I open up my wallet. There's $33 cash in there. So I didn't have any cash in my wallet. And then there's $33. And so when I opened it up, I went, huh, huh. And he feels like, Is everything okay? I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. And I said, I just had cash appear in my wallet. And it was $33 and I was like, Lord, why was it $33? And I just felt like he was just like, I was, he said, I was 33 when I paid it all. And so um, I just 
love that testament. I was just like, he just, he can make money up here. He just make it, he just do whatever he wants. So, well, Lord, we love you. We bless you. And, uh, Lord, we do just open up our hands to you, Lord. We give you everyone and everything. Make our hearts ready like Jessica prayed. And, uh, Lord, I pray that we will give without begrudgingly giving, Lord, that we'll give with joy. That help us to be joyful givers and just help us to be obedient to whatever it is, our time, money, energy, resources, whatever it is, God. Baking a cake for our neighbor, whatever it looks like. Help us to be open and to hear your voice and how we can be a blessing, how we can refresh and how we can water others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.